Good morning. Speak, friend, and enter enter the bag and book club. I'm uh, taking a second. Uh, I'm Hi. Uh, I'm Jackson. That's M. That's Jackson. I fucked up. It's on me. I want to accept full responsibility. Um, I was like, oh, last episode, I was like, oh, we're going to read uh, the next three chapters. I uh, didn't look at the spreadsheet where it specifically says uh, episode 12, uh, sorry, episode nine of this podcast is chapters four through seven of Two Towers, book one. Um, and me and Nora and Autumn, who's not here today, uh, they're working, um, read three chapters. Jackson, who referenced the spreadsheet and not what I said, which is the right thing to do, uh, didn't actually help them this time, uh, read all four chapters. So we are covering three chapters and we're just going to shove an extra episode in there, like in like, you know, whatever, figure it out. I'm being punished Sorry. for doing the right thing. Oh, you got to read Helm's Deep twice. It's only 15 pages. It's fine. You big baby. <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what happens in the chapter Helm's Deep? Nothing. Uh, you know what? You're correct about that. <laughs> I, was about to say, I was about to come on here and be like, I was already be like, okay, I'm mostly going to talk about how, damn, I can't believe they made a movie out of this chapter. Like the, the, the one of the most boring <laughs> chapters, Lord of the Rings. Um, that's, that's too harsh. Uh, we'll get into that next week, I guess. Uh, but. Tolkien yeah, is not excited. an action fantasy guy. I was excited when I finished this time, and I was like, "Oh, we get to do Helm's Deep next week." <laughs> Sorry, it's not. It, nothing really happens. Anyway, hello. hello. Hi. Who wants to talk about Ents? Me, me, me. Everyone, everyone wants to talk about Ents, uh, but we should probably summarize what's going on. Yeah, that's the first chapter is the end chapter, so. Oh, right. What's it called? Treebeard? I think it's called Treebeard, Treebeard it's right? Treebeard. So, in that, Merry and Pippin, uh, escaping into the forest, trying to figure out what the fuck they're going to do, went across a, a tree being, uh, who's called an Ent, and his name's Treebeard, also known as Fangor, <laughs> the forest named after him. Uh, funny coincidence that. And, um, he, the Treebeard's like, oh, little things I've never seen before. What's your deal? And they immediately charm him because Mary and Pippin are charming fellows and uh, explain the situation. He's like, ah, shit. I knew that those asshole orcs were just messing with my forest. I knew Saruman was not to be trusted. Um, so now that you've like inspired me, I'm going to summon all the Ents, which is a thing that happens very rarely because they're very old and very slow and they just don't like to do a whole lot. And I'm going to explain the situation. I think, I think it's time to kick the shit out of this guy. Um, and then he, he gathers them all together and they have a conversation for a couple days because it takes a long time for trees to discuss anything, much less agree on something. Um, and at the very end, they all gather together and they're like, we're going, we're going to fuck up Isengard. And Mary and Pippa are like, wait, just a bunch of tree people? And he's like, oh, don't worry about it. We've got this. And that's that chapter. Uh, the ants are going to fuck you up. <laughs> Don't mess with I know the we don't. I know we don't talk about the movie much here, but this this chapter single handedly might be the chapter that like is so much better in the book than the movie. I mean, the movie like it has Treebeard in it, but it doesn't have yes. an entire one of the longest chapters in the book dedicated to the idea of these like they're not they're not elves they're not like ageless in the same way that elves are. Um, no, in the way that um the elves like observe history out of step with time um but they have their own version of that they're really old uh they're really powerful uh but only if they want to be 
and in ways that are like this is a common thing in lots of fantasy right is you have the like ancient gods of some kind that don't act but you need to convince them to act i Um, mean yoda yeah yeah right but it always goes in that direction and this is far more about like when you have existed for so long it takes a lot to like make anything happen you're you're perceiving events differently it's not about oh we've become complacent and cowards and we you know whatever metaphor is going on in a lot of fantasy um it's far more uh, about the like passage of time what that happens to natural things Yes. But specifically, the thing in the movie is that Mary and Pippin don't quite trick Treebeard, but they do, like, basically beguile him into doing something. And in the book, they come across Treebeard standing on this hill going, I don't know, is it time to kick the shit out of Saruman or not yet? Like, he's he's already on the cusp. He just needs a little nudge in the right direction because he's just not sure because, you know, ants stick to ant things, which is shepherding the trees and don't pay that much attention to what, like, random people are doing because people just come and go, whole generations of them. So, Mary and Pippin are sort of like Treebeard's Gandalf in this, giving them that little nudge to go off on his, his adventure. Yeah, I would say so. Not not operating in the same way, but yes, sure. <laughs> you said nudge. Yeah, no, no, no. That's fair. Um, also, he's but different. I, I, he looks different in the book. He's not. Um, he's not like a tree, literally. He. I mean, he's yeah, not the thing with the ants. Yeah, they're described as having like brown skin that has increasingly grown tree-like, and the older the ant is, the more tree-like they are. Yeah. And they all look like different trees. Some look like willows, and some look like oaks, and some you know they they run down the whole thing when the ant mood happens. They can't bend at the waist very well. No, no, they are not bendy because <laughs> um. they're they're made they're made of wood. They are made of wood. Like you know, well, there's a bit later that basically confirms they're made of wood. They're not like <laughs> they're not like giants who wear tree skin. Mm-hmm. Like they're wooden beings. Um. And they, it, the way Treebird describes it, like, ants and trees tend to, like, over time seem to be phasing, like, in and out of each other, right? He's like, some ants have become tree-like, and some trees have started moving around, and uh, it's it's weird, because we don't know them, right? Like, they, we used to shepherd them around, they were like dumb animals, and suddenly some of them start getting up and talking to us, and it's like, what the fuck's happening? Just operating on, like, a different clock of magic to the rest of middle earth's like winding down of magic you don't get the sense the ants necessarily are winding down other than Treebeard's constantly like a sad sack kind of guy and they lost the wives of course a long time ago mm-hmm. well out of history um don't know where they are does Treebeard know old man willow or do they just like mention that no but i think i think that's yeah i think that's meant to imply like old man willow is one of the trees that has woken up right mm-hmm. that makes sense Old Man Willow might have never met an ant. He might not have learned to be nice. Yeah. In that Game Boy Advance game, Old Man Willow is a boss fight. <laughs> That's very funny. Um, yeah, specifically, it's the way in which, like, um, they've identified the problem. They've, like, talked to Saruman through the ages because Saruman's been around for a long time. Like, Treebeard remembers when Gandalf and Saruman and Radagast and all the other wizards showed up, right? It's like, yes, there was a bunch of boats, and on one of them, I guess, the wizard showed up, because then they started walking around acting like they knew things, and uh, I was already here. I'm not really sure if they came with the elves or not. Nobody's no. really sure. But, uh, <laughs> no one's really sure. They did show up at some point. Saruman and they, used they to definitely, hang out they definitely, 
Yeah, they definitely aren't elves. They don't act like elves. They don't talk like elves. They don't think like elves. So they're not elves, but they're weird. <laughs> Saruman and I used to hang out sometimes, and I would tell him all sorts of secrets about the forest, and he never said shit to me. Yeah, I really like the part where he's like, yeah, I used to tell, tell him all sorts of things, and he'd like comment and talk, but when I think about it, he never told me a goddamn thing. I, I think that's really good. Just the way in which Saruman's machinations, even when he, maybe he wasn't even evil, because there's a bit later on where Gandalf, spoilers, I guess. Gandalf's like, um, Saruman probably wasn't evil then, but he would still be a guy who wouldn't tell you shit, right? <laughs> there are plenty of people in the world who are just really guarded, uh, even though they're not like up to something. And Saruman was that guy before he was an evil guy. Yes. Uh, I forget exactly when the like, um, language uh comes in about i think it's when i talk i think it might be maybe in the gandalf bit when they talk about orcs. i think i don't remember if it's in the tree builder gandalf section so if i'm going ahead that's my fault um but they definitely in the in these chapters talk about um saruman with the language of like uh like he is a guy who believes in tools to the point of like looking at the natural world as if it is a set of tools uh and yes that is like yeah i think tree i think treebeard says saruman's mind is all like machines and wheels right yeah. yes it was something like that yes like um just really good language which obviously is like literalized in the uh films and imagery um yeah it's also relevant for you know future like, stuff yeah yes yes <laughs> I, um but because of the difference in the way that they sort of move and uh, are described in this chapter i kept imagining treebeard as like Big Dave Batista, but like with some tree <laughs> stuff on him. <laughs> That's very funny. Um, the, the, the difference I wanted to like point to is like obviously we know that he is literally industrializing. That is like a thing that's happening. Mm. But the book really takes pains to I like point out that industrialization is a mindset as much as it is like when you are using things that are metal over mm. things that are wood yes uh, it is like a mindset and a way of engaging with the world around you and that's just who saruman was what it was about yeah which is which is contrasted not only with like the end mood and like we all are going to spend like a week coming to a decision and then we'll act and it was very fast for us but also with like the stuff the rest of these chapters about like sometimes the wizard shows up and the king's changes entire mind in the course of a nation gets redirected overnight <laughs> or like yes. in an afternoon um which are things that can't happen in an industrialized world where things follow schedules and you have supervisors and you know stuff like that yes um that's all that's all part of like the construction of a good king right like yes um we talk about good kings and how they portray but um one thing that gets lost as it just becomes invisibilized by how modernity works in all of our brains is that yeah. that's the other thing is that we're networked to a degree where that kind of change can't happen even inside of like the important rooms. Yes. What if somebody just um, gave a really good speech though? Do you want to do you want to move to the the other chapters then? Let's let's get to Gandalf and uh, <laughs> and uh, our so guys. the next chapter is the White Rider. Uh, Jackson, Who is do you that? Do this one. Don't do this. Um, okay, so. Um, the uh the remaining three fellowship guys the crew the bros are continuing to track down mary and pippin and you know what they're doing a pretty good job um legolas activates his detective vision um and figures out where they went <laughs> uh and they, they follow them through a few different things and gimli's like how do they even get away how did they how like how do they uh have why is there only one set of footprints here just various like things and being like 
you know, we might just be following them to our own death and starving as we pointlessly follow them. And that's like, that's all we can Aragorn do for them. Aragorn does put together basically what happened by thinking about it. <laughs> yes, they did follow. But like, Aragorn says, if all we can do is starve, then that's what we will do for our friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a fucking badass line. Uh, instead, they run across an old man uh, wearing white. Who could it be? Uh, oh. Specifically, they show up at the exact same hill where Mary and Pippin met Treebeard just like three days later. Yes. Because uh, they're having actually- a look because it's the one look the spot you can have a look in Fangorn Forest. Yes, um, and they have been doing a good job at, at like it puts together like oh they've they've genuinely tracked them real well like they're only three yeah. days behind which is pretty impressive. Mm. Um, uh, and they run into uh, an old man wearing white and who could it be? And obviously like the other you know could be Saruman so they're all on guard. <laughs> um, uh, in fact, they like pull weapons and Legolas fires an arrow. <laughs> Uh, yes, and so Gandalf like shows up and owns them all and be like, "Haha, you can't! Your weapons can't hurt me. Um, it's me." <laughs> he makes a ridiculous dramatic entrance. He's um, like, "It's me. You know my name. You you remember my name?" Yes, please please remind me what my name is. I know you, but I'm not sure I know myself. <laughs> um, yeah, he, and they're he's like, like, "Oh, Gandalf," and he's like, "Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's me. I'm Gandalf." You can still call me that. It's fine. I think what he says is like, uh, it's it's something I forget exactly. He's like, I've remembered, uh, I've forgotten everything I remembered before, and I've learned so much I never knew. Um, but like, this is a change, Gandalf. And everyone's like, what happened with the Borog? And he's like, don't fucking talk about the Borog to me. Yes. Um, uh, so he specifically says, uh, you know, he is Gandalf the White now, uh, and describes himself as he might as well be Saruman or Saruman as he was meant to be, as if like when Saruman defected or went on his own, the the role of Saruman, the idea, is like a title that can be passed down. Yes. Um, what the wizards are, who can say? Or like when they like, it's kind of like in the Santa Claus two. Where um, it is kind of like in Santa Claus too. Plastic <laughs> Santa Claus to take over the North Pole while he is doing his own stuff, uh, but it goes wrong. So the only the only way to to save Christmas is for like the real Santa to step in. So now like Saruman in this case is the plastic assed Santa of this. Story. <laughs> um, this is um much less like directly Jesusy as the movies portray it as yes i mean specifically he's like yeah we fell and then we fell further than anyone's ever thought you could fall and then we hit the bottom where there's just like fucked up shit like the langoliers monsters are eating the foundations of the earth uh it's bad down there and then the balrog turned into slime because we hit a bunch of water at the side of the earth and we fought up a giant staircase all the way to the top and it burst back into flames but then i fucked that guy right up uh, cause we were on top of a mountain and like lightning hit him or whatever, right? Like, <laughs> and then I smote his ruin upon the mountainside. Yeah. And then I died. Kind of. It's complicated. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about it though. So don't ask. <laughs> no, don't ask. It's fine. There's only, the only people who seemingly die for real, for real in middle earth are men and hobbits. So, you know, like elves totally don't die. You just destroy their bodies. Except Sauron, that one, that he's back. Elf. Uh, yeah, sure. The one elf. We talked about this, like, two episodes ago. Yeah, no, no, I know. But, like, mostly elves don't actually die. You just destroy their bodies. Sucks to be men. Sucks to be mortal men is basically yes. <laughs> the overriding thesis of Lord of the Rings. Maybe we have a book about this in our future. Who can say? Who can say? <laughs> Wait, don't, 
Thor indefinitely died, though. Who? What? Oh, no one knows what happens to Doris when they die. No one knows. It's complicated. This is Silmarillion stuff. We'll get into it. It's co- okay. Dwarven Dwarven theology is is like secret, and it's never really expounded upon. That's where mountains come from. They're actually the trees of dwarfs. Dwarf corpses. Mm. They bury them, and they become mountains. It's. It's. I don't think that's it. It's. Co- but it's. You will get. We'll get there. Get there in like six <laughs> months. You know. Uh, anyway, yeah, he's like, okay, then I was on the mountain, um, I was naked, it was cold, I was dead, kind of, and then the fucking eagle once again picked me up, uh, and took me to Lorien, where I just missed you, I just missed you guys, you walked out, and I was there, and it sucked, but, uh, you know, I got new clothes, and I hang out with Galadriel, and she gave me great things to say, I got a poem for you, Aragorn, I've got a poem for you, Legolas, Gimli, she told me to tell you, don't cut any goddamn trees. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and he's like, well, good thing I wasn't then. (laughs) Um, and it's great. They have a nice talk and they catch up and, uh, they're like, what do we do now? Uh, should we go after Mary Pippin? And Gal's like, no, I think they're fine, actually. I think they met, uh, Treebeard. And they're like, what's a Treebeard? And uh, he explains what a Treebeard is. And, uh, they're like, well, what do we do now? It's like, well, um, we should probably go do the thing you said you're going to do, uh, which was meet up with, uh, Aomer, uh, and Rohan. Cause that's clearly what we need to do. Um, we need to get a bunch of guys together to go fight some shit. And then they're like, time to fight. We can't possibly make it there in time to do anything. And Gandalf's like, is this your horse? <laughs> yeah. And he whistles for Shadowfax, who shows up along with their horses. Turns out, uh, it, yeah. So Saruman was the person who was there at the night where they were at the fire. Cause Gandalf's like, yeah, I wasn't there. It wasn't me. Uh, uh, but they, when they ran off, they must have met Shadowfax like immediately. And thus they were kind of chill about it. Cause Shadowfax is cool. Friend all horses, shadow facts. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, they, have, they get their horses and they ride. Uh, that's like the end of the chapters. Them riding, right? I remember this like I three so. days ago. So, yeah. And then that brings us uh, to the. Is it the Golden Hall? Is that what it's called? I believe that's correct. Jackson would know. I think so. Uh, the King of the Golden Hall. That's Thaden. Uh yeah, okay. I'll, I'll, so they, they end up at uh at Metaseld, um, which is literally just the hall from Beowulf. They just Tolkien just ripped Anglo Saxons out, gave him horses, stuck him in this, because he just loves that shit. Um and they show up, and it turns out that Rohan fucking sucks right now because the king has listened to his advisor, uh, who's a slimy... Actually, he's described as, like, Solomon Wise the first time you see him, but it turns out he's just a fucking worm, and his name is Grimma Wormtongue. Uh, that is apt. Um, and uh, what he's done is just, like, advocate for the king to be increasingly isolated, increasingly convinced of his frailty against Sauron, uh, the impossibility of his men to mount a united front and uh, distrust among his lieutenants. Uh, specifically, Aomer, who uh, Theoden's son died and Aomer is now, you know, technically like the last of the line or whatever of the house. Um, he's got a sister named uh, Eowyn, who we also meet in this chapter, uh, who immediately gets a huge hard-on for Aragorn. Yep. Um to the point where Argon's like, damn it, I gotta deal with this now. I'm busy. <laughs> I can't even deal with my own stuff like this, yes. Yes. 
Um, so, th- so they walk up and, uh, try to get into the hall and they're, they're, you know, they're bid to put down all their weapons and they do making a big stink about it. And Gandalf's like, you wouldn't take a poor man's staff, would you? It's just my staff. Um, and then they walk in and the king's sitting there and, uh, Grimma Wormtongue's there and Gandalf then yells at everyone, uses his staff to like blind everyone. Um, Grimma's like cast down, like aghast and afraid and, uh, Gandalf uh, is like, King, stand up, go see your kingdom. And uh, Theoden gets up and walks out. And just like walking outside, he like drops his cane and stands up straighter and seems like he's younger and ready to go in a way he has not been in years. Um, I hate the way the movie depicts this. Just want to shout this out. I fucking hate the way the movie depicts this. <laughs> I always thought it was cool. I don't like the idea that he was literally magicked to be decrepit. I like the part where it's just a, it's just a mindset thing. Grandma just made him unsure of himself and a king has to be willing to be a king for a kingdom to function. I mean, it's like what this stuff is the most literally trace lines over the book imaginable because it's so, the parallels are so simple and obvious, right? Like yes. both Merry and Pippin and Gandalf and the guys are doing the same thing, right? They are people yes. who are, um, the first thing they have to do to, in both cases is convince them to like, listen to tongues other than their own. Uh, like there's a whole bit. That they I both mean, Treebeard, Treebeard's ready to go. Treebeard just needs confirmation of some facts. There's, I think that's different than what they had. Yes, yes. They, they, they don't have, they don't have the same mindset, but they do ha- uh, have like the same cautions around like listening to outside information. Mm-hmm. Um, and he even talks around hobbits like, "Why are you not cautious around your names?" Right? Like, yeah, like it's just my name. It doesn't really mean anything. It's like, I, you know, I'll tell everyone about the uh, Brandy Bucks. Um, and uh, Mary and Pippin have not read uh, Wizard of Earth <laughs> No, no, exactly. <laughs> um, and like Treebeard's like cautious for a reason. He's being way more like directly manipulated by um Saruman. Uh, yes. Whereas uh, um Theoden is just. Wormtongue's told him all the wrong advice. Like, I guess he's also being manipulated, but in a different way. It's not like he's like, it's not like Sauron's right at his door. He's just getting, he's a really bad advisor. <laughs> well, these, Gandalf specifically is like starting to think, because like, Aomer's been thrown in prison when he came back for like, because vi- he took his men out to go looking for the orcs and fighting them, which was against rules, because they're supposed to be retreating to the cities and um he's like bade no one allowed into the city walls, and if they do, they have to be able to speak the language, like, very pointed shit to put in your book, I feel like. Um, and Gandalf's like, okay, if you're not working for Saruman, we'll give you a horse and you can join us as we ride out into battle against Saruman, or you can run away like a coward, like a sniveling worm. We'll just see what you do. And Theoden's like, if you go, next time I see you, I'm fucking murdering you. And he gets a horse and he bails immediately. He just run, he like spits yes. at Theoden's feet and races out of the room. And then <laughs> another sick. guy is like, no, don't worry, I got this. Takes off his helmet, fills it with water, and starts washing away the spit. <laughs> yes. Um, I like that when they come in, they're like, this is, you know, my elf bow and knife and it's it's very important i will not let you touch my sword because this is the sword that was broken and is whole again so i'm gonna put it down but no one touch it and give me this like and this is my axe <laughs> it doesn't uh, have a it's name it's got good company yes <laughs> It's just a uh, fucking axe. <laughs> the guard's like, I'm just guard. I don't care about any of this. I'm not going to touch your fucking weapons, guys. <laughs> 20 minutes later, don't that worry guy's about got it. three promotions. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, Theoden's, Theoden's ready to go. Gandalf convinced him. He's like, G- Gandalf is then named, uh, like one of the, uh, wardens of the march, which is very funny. <laughs> um, and, uh, Aomer is like brought in and made the air in case something happens to Theoden. And, uh, then they're like, who are we going to leave behind? Aomer's last line and uh, people want someone from the house. And Aomer's like, my sister, she'll be great. He's like, oh, right. Women. You're in charge. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sword, always saying that. <laughs> I always make shit women. Um, God damn it. Um, yep. And then they ride off because they're going to go because they're, because as they're riding south, there's a bit when they're right, they see fire on the uh, western horizon and, and Aragorn and Gimli, and they're just like, what the fuck's that? And again, I was like, war. Don't look at it. It's for later. <laughs> in the, in the direction of Isengard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but exactly. Also, Legolas also looks over to the east at one point. He's like, I think I can see. I think I can see everything over there. I think I see the enemy. There's like a, a little yeah. tiny little mode of flame out there. Yeah. Um and then they're going to ride for Isengard first because they want to get, because they're like, we need to deal with Isengard first because if we can do that, um, then we can, you know, turn around and go support me as Tirith or whatever. But, um, you have to deal with them in case you don't get flanked. And like, it's like, oh, I think it's like Aragorn or Gimli or whatever. It's like, it's sad that we're, that Rohan's in the middle and we just can't have them fight themselves. And it's like, no, you don't want that because then they're, the whole thing right now is Saruman and Sauron don't know what each other's doing. And mm-hmm. that's so in doubt. Uh, cause they talk about how like Sauron has extended his forces before he was ready because the rumor of the hobbits being taken to Isengard. Um, he now got, didn't get a report back because all the orcs were killed about what happened to the ring. So he thinks either Saruman has it. And that's a big problem because it would make Saruman a, a challenger to him. Or it went to Minas Tirith where he has to defeat it because it's going to be used as a weapon against him. Um, and thus he is vacating all his forces into battle um, conveniently at about a time someone's going to try to sneak in. He, the thought that someone would destroy the ring has not yeah. occurred to him. The thought that somebody yeah. would take him down but not replace him with anyone has not occurred to him yet. Yeah. That's that uh, Hobbit this, mindset. This is a very cool detail. Like, yes. Uh, he does, right, I guess if you uh, had the super weapon, you wouldn't consider that they would just like break it for everyone and not use it. You'd be worried yeah. about it getting shot at you. Especially if you yeah. like invested a huge amount of yourself into that super weapon, you're like, "Well, I want it." <laughs> yes, I'm the Dark Lord. Everyone else I've ever met aspired to be something like a Dark Lord or like a good king. Um, surely everyone wants that. And Gandalf, um, Gandalf showing up and just being like, "All right, rise and grind, King. Let's get those orcs." Very good. Yeah. Uh, I like all this stuff. I think it's really good. But it's just like a lot of moving parts right now. I think the Treebird chapter is like the most like meaty one. Um, mm-hmm. But the rest and is kind of getting pieces in place. Yeah, the ants are great. I love them. I think they're like an interesting, cause they're not like Tom Bombadil, which is like a weird guy, right? Like ants are just a fundamental part of the fabric of the world that intersects with how people interact with the world, but only sometimes and mostly in a way that's kind of invisible. I think that, 
all the people who read the Lord of the Rings and went on to write their own fantasy things and had all this stuff about elves that weren't even sad anymore because the you know we're <laughs> gonna cut that part out. They're not they're not thinking about death anymore. And also those ants and eh, we don't need ants. We don't need to take ants out of Lord of the Rings either. You know, just take the elves and the dwarves. That's, that's the thing about the thing about elves. Um, and dwarves is they were like pre-existing ideas. You just can't steal ants without someone knowing what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they took orcs. Yeah, and they, I mean, Tolkien's vision of elves is like really specific, and you immediately know when someone's lifting from it, right? Um, dwarves is a little shakier just because Tolkien dwarves aren't that different than like, you know, um, like Snow Brothers Grimm style dwarves or, yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, you can't just take the L, the the ends. They are very specific. <laughs> yep. Um, I was like, should we talk about the the, the idea of why he why the ends exist, or should we wait until we get to Isengard and see how that's going? I'm going to talk about it. Okay, so the ends specifically are um, because uh, Tolkien read Macbeth as a child. Um, and hated the part, or I guess maybe not as a child, maybe as a teen, but he hated the part where, uh, the, the rumor was, oh, you know, Macbeth will not fall till Dusanane Wood marches on the castle or whatever, and was really disappointed there was just some guys holding branches. And he was like, it'd be way cool if the trees actually moved. Um, this is like when we watched Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, there's a bit where it looks like for about 10 seconds, um, Honestly, a little longer than that. The Idris Elba is going to fight a giant wolf with a sword. Just humans. Oh, it did! Fuck! God, that would have been so much better than the movie we got. <laughs> and, humans, and then it ended up being like a punchline for the Hulk to come in and fight the wolf instead. Yeah. Uh, which is boring! What if Idris it's Elba so <laughs> fought the, uh, the wolf with a sword? A giant wolf. That, what if it was, it was just Dark Souls for a minute there? Yes. This is that in reverse. It was like, why is yeah. it a little like li- linguistic play? What if the fucking... Trees, trees got marched up. on yeah. Macbeth. Yeah, wouldn't that be cooler? And he was right. You know what? It's cooler. It is cooler. It's cooler. This is such a talking thing to get like fixated on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> also, I love the idea that you could watch Macbeth uh, or be read. I guess he's probably reading it rather than watching him. Like he's reading Macbeth, and he doesn't know how it's going to end. Apparently, um, yeah. But he gets the, the first time. Where- the first time I read Macbeth, I had no idea how the fuck it was going to end. Um, I get. I mean, I I feel like I've always known how Beth ends, but I guess my dad was like doing a production of Beth when I was very young. I don't know how every Shakespeare play ends. It's just yeah. So I, I don't guess... think I know how Macbeth ends. Yes, you do. No, look, we're not gonna do this anyway. Finish anyway. your thought. <laughs> I know how Hamlet um, ends. I think <laughs> the idea that like it would be even maybe in the possibility space of the play for the, the, the trees in the earth to start I mean, it walking. is, it is the play that opens with three witches. Like I'm going to tell your future and it's going to fuck you right up. And then Macbeth goes on and sees a bunch of like ghosts of guilt and shit. Right. Like it's not, it's not a play without magic. No, but like all of the, the things the Tolkien knows that the witches like predictions are deliberately false. He knows that what they say is not true. Like, or, or obfuscating, I guess, right? Like, all of the things about Beth are, are things that sound impossible but have a linguistic trick to them. And I feel like Tolkien should have picked up on that before the final act of the play. 
I mean, I think Tolkien's a person who believes that magic inherently works that way, where it's like natural processes that people ascribe the wrong things to in their haste or in their limited viewpoint. Like this is the stuff with Galadriel's mirror, right? And we'll see mm-hmm. this like, you know, this is this is the second of like three times in which like Macbeth is directly referenced in Lord of the Rings. And uh, mm-hmm. the Galadriel stuff, I think, is like the first big one where it's yes. like, you know, I'll look into the mirror and I, I might just see some stars or some shit and I'll have to figure out what it means. And uh, Galadriel laughs at Sam is like, that's what prophecy is, my dude. I'm sorry. I can't help you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, there's the whole um the podcast art, the default podcast art for this podcast is another one. So, yes. We'll get there. Oh, that isn't even one. I'm I'm like putting all the prophecy stuff kind of together. Um there's the specific thing with Aowen in the third uh book that is just also lifted directly from Macbeth. Uh it is pretty sick. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, uh, that stuff's just fun. Um, love the ends. I think they're just a cool addition. Um, and as much as I don't like the way the movie adapts each other, I think, I think the, the way they do the ends and that is pretty cool. I love a big tree, man. They're yeah. neat. Yeah. Who doesn't? I think it's fun that, uh, even, I guess, I don't know if that scene even, regardless, um, there was a scene in the movie, where Gimli and Treebeard, I think, were in the same scene, and they never interact at all. And I thought that was funny, because they're the same actor. Oh, yes. Yes. I, um... I kind of wish that wasn't the case, because, um... Johnny Davies is, uh... Seemed like he was kind of an annoying guy to have on that movie, so... I watched but. the, uh... The a few episodes of the Shannara Chronicles TV show, and he's an elf in that one. So eventually, he's just going to run the whole gamut. I think. Great. <laughs> I just think of him from Indiana Jones. He's in Indiana Jones. Yeah, he's um the guy. He's like Indy. They're digging in the wrong place. He's that guy. What? I don't. I I don't know know those movies the way that I know. So I like. I do not have any encyclopedic knowledge of Indiana Jones. I've seen it. Like, uh, twice. What's this guy? He he wears the fez. He he's uh. Why can't I think of this dude's name? I I won't know it. I completely believe you, but I don't remember Indiana Which Jones one is this detail. From? The first one. Uh, the first one. Oh, that one I have the least remembered. So. And like, I think he's in the third one. Here you go. There he is, Indiana Jones. You said that I was like, is it his dad? Like, no, that wouldn't be right. Uh, yeah, Sala, I, that's his name, Sala. I, yeah, I'm not. I'm not recognizing this man. <laughs> well, he's in at least the first and the third one. He might be in the second one, but I don't ever watch that one. Lost Ark, Last Crusade. Yeah, he's not in um, Tumbleton. Yeah, Doom. there's no space for a, a guy Indy knows already in that second one. Yeah. He's going to be in the fifth one, I think. So That's not I forgot they're doing that! They're not doing it. <laughs> I won't believe it until I see it. I don't know what it would take to make Harrison Ford do a movie in 2021. He's. They're, they're doing it. They're 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 filming it. They're filming it. It's I don't, real. I don't, it's not real. Like it's I, true, under- all I understand of it. you want to say, oh, it's not real. It's like a module, but this one's real. Mm-hmm. Could only be. I don't even think it could be. St- I feel like enough footage has been filmed. Uh, if Harrison Ford dies tomorrow, this movie's still coming out, and he's still in it. Um, yeah, that's true. It's directed by James Mangold. Is that a name? Oh yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fucking dog shit. Don't get me wrong, but after directing your one of your favorite little movies, 
I have no idea what he directed last. Ford versus Ferrari. Oh, I like that movie. Dad classic. I don't think I don't think that's the guy who should be. I mean, maybe that is the perfect guy to be directing Indiana Jones. Actually, he made those Wolverine movies. Oh right, I didn't watch the Wolverine. I didn't. It's not very good. Either. Logan's bad. I liked Logan. Logan's yeah. alright. Yeah, I liked Logan just fine. Uh, anyway, do we have anything else about Lord I'm, of the Rings here? I'm not no, I think we're talking about Indiana Jones on this list that I've ever heard of. So. Uh, Ford vs. Ferrari is pretty good. Uh, Jackson would love it. Nora, you probably would like it less. Yeah, I should. I mean, I I I enjoy a good dad movie from time to time. Yeah, they already did a dad movie for Indiana Jones, and it didn't like pan out for them. No one really liked it. This is not. This is not what we mean by dad movie. That's here. not what we mean by dad movie. Indiana Jones we mean, is. We no- mean a movie for dads, not a movie about dads. Apollo thirteen is a dad movie. Apollo thirteen might be the history's greatest dad movie. <laughs> I've never. Yes. I don't know this one. You should you watch Apollo 13. Oh, That's Nora, a fucking good movie. You gotta watch Apollo 13. No, I'm not cross with you. I'm saying you should you should watch Apollo 13. It's really good. If somebody Classic. wants to tell you how much they love Apollo 13, Jackson, where on the internet would they do that? You can find me at headfallsoff on twitter.com and you can find the podcast to be an MD out of normalmapping.com. Now, M. If somebody has Ent fan art that they want you to see, where can they send that mm. to you? You know what? You know what? I'm not sure I want that, actually. I'm <laughs> going to be honest with you. <laughs> if you want to put Ent fan art anywhere, you can put it in the Abnormal Mapping Discord where all of us hang out. Go to Export Chat and drop it there. You can find that by going to AbnormalMapping.com and finding the button that says go to the Discord. Um, we all, we're all there. We'll see it. Um, you can find me on Twitter at EM underscore being. You can uh, support the podcast me and Jackson do at patreon.com slash normal mapping. We do Gundam every week. We're watching Gundam Seed right now um, and Volta's 5 and it's great. Uh, we're going to have a blockbuster coming up, which is our uh, deep dive into movies and ideology. Uh, we're watching... Uh, <laughs> Uh, miscongeniality, which will be a great time for that, I think. Uh, so look forward to that. Uh, next time, I just want to be clear, we're going to read three chapters of The Two Towers. Nice. Um, that's our plan. Hopefully Autumn will be there, even if we have to change our recording day. Yeah. You can find me on Twitter at NeitherNora. Find stuff I've done at NoraBlake.online. For any amount of money on the Export Audio Podcast Network at ExportOdd.io, You'll get podcasts like this a week before everyone else. But for $5, you'll gain access to a new initiative that we're launching called Pop Town Funk, where we are The Avengers Initiative. (laughs) We are constructing the Funko Canon of Media, uh, where we roll on a big list of Funko Pop finals, um, and we just do a thing related to whatever that is. The first one we got was Andre the Giant, so we watched Princess Bride. The next one is going to be a goofy movie, uh, but who knows what will happen in the future. We might, you know, uh, watch a episode of My Little Pony, or, um, you know, there's lots of Funko Pops out there. We might watch, like, an episode of Game of Thrones, but specifically skipping forward to the one where X or Y character shows up, so that'll be fun. My one request, if I can make one to you here, make a broad appeal, mm-hmm. is um, on one of your other podcasts, I don't remember which one, someone, or maybe it was in the Discord, someone's like, oh, you've made a show about, uh, I think, 
uh, Neve said this to Autumn on Ornate Stairwells. Oh, you made a podcast about watching the MCU. If you roll a Marvel character, you should try to do a thing that's not an MCU movie. I don't know if we'll be able to do that, but... I think you could do that for a lot of characters. You could watch but, Rainy Spider-Man. You could watch cartoons. I'm sure you could watch, like, the, those old Marvel 90s films. Like, there's a lot of the weird shit. The thing is there are specific MCU Funkos and specific yes. non-MCU Funkos. So. I think you could I think you could fudge it a little the bit. No one's going to care. Is it yes, when we do Spider-Mans, I'm sure we will start with Rainy Spider-Mans until we run out of, of like, non-MCU Spider-Mans. But there are more Spider-Man's Funkos than Spider-Man's movies. So we will eventually have to get even more There's so that. many episodes of cartoons that you could watch instead of the movies everyone already dislikes. Um, that I think you could avoid it and no one would mind because it make the podcast more interesting. I'm just saying you should give it a consideration. On the other hand, I haven't seen half the MCU. So, who knows? Oh, but you're not missing anything, is the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to save not only you, but me, the listener. <laughs> I think... MCU stuff is a like really big chunk of Funkos as well. Yeah, but I don't think MCU stuff is like a thing that your uh, audience is going to be like super hot to see you guys <laughs> yell about. Maybe like once or twice, but I know for a fact that there's just not a lot to say about the MCU once you've done it a couple times. I'm really excited for when we hit the Ruby Funkos, because that'll be really fun. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> Me and Curly are gonna drop in and yell about Ruby. <laughs> we watched episode you should just, one. <laughs> what you should do is you should um, record the podcast, and then when you get Ruby, just like press the cool Am and Curly button and see if they can drop everything to record. And if not, they can't. <laughs> the problem is that there's like a ninety percent chance that this is going to happen while I'm at work, so oh, I will not be available to record. I guess because of the um, thing. Um, I, just now, while we're going off in tangents about bullshit, it's, wait, have you, you've, Nora, have you done your plugs? No. Nora, you yes. your plugs? Yes. Wait, Mostly, yeah, yeah, okay. I, I while we're going off in tangents about bullshit, uh, it's now been enough time for the fifth Indiana Jones movie to be set around the release of Indiana Jones. Wait, you fucking kidding me? Yeah. It's, you have to fudge it a little bit. It's at 30 years after Indiana Jones. Okay, so uh, this is coming out 30, uh, 42 years after Indiana Jones 1, and that'll be... And Indiana Jones 1 is 36, so that'll be 78. So it's only three years off. You could fudge that. Uh, I can't imagine that the movie's going to be set in the fucking 70s. What's a 70s Indiana Jones movie? Unless cool. it does the thing that every other revival movie is doing, where it's like, hey, w the plot is like, we're making a movie about you, Indy. And he's like, looking back on the legacy of Indiana Jones and wondering why. No, no. I mean, the last one was set in the 50s. Like, you'd all sorts of dumb shit with Indiana Jones. I'm just saying, it's a it's an open door to, like, reminisce about thing you remember type of movie. If they, I like, mean, I, sh make that I think that'll be... Plot. The thing is, Indiana Jones has always kind of been that. Uh, because, you know, just like Star Wars, it's like doing serials, right? Like, um, Yeah, but like about itself. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, and I know, like, Spielberg's not directing this new one, so it could be anything. I was looking through the other movies James Mangos directed. He has directed, like, I, I haven't seen these movies. I just know them all by reputation as ridiculous dad classics. He has directed Copland. <laughs> uh,. And the uh, is, that the, is that the um, is that the Sylvester Stallone movie everyone yes, liked? Yes, the Sylvester Stallone Harvey Keitel movie. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
uh, Walk the Line and the 310 to Yuma remake. Well, 310 to Yuma remake's pretty good. Um, yeah, no, they're not some bad movies, but... Uh, night and Day. God, I saw Night and Day in a theater, because it was 2010. Of course you did. Of course you did, because <laughs> what else were you going to do? Oh, yeah. what's on this week? It's Night and Day. This is this is how... It was movies like Night and Day that... Uh, is why Day was, I remember Night and Day being kind of unhinged. I'll be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> Isn't that one of those where it's um, like they, they shot the movie to get a holiday? Isn't that one of those movies? Oh, maybe. That would explain a lot about it. <laughs> um, I don't remember. I, I know there are many of those movies that are like, oh, it's a, it's a thing with two stars in some kind of vague action thing, but it's set in place everyone wanted to go on holiday. <laughs> uh, anyway, we're talking about some bullshit now. Uh, Nora, you can send us home. Um, the dad movies that I when I think of dad movies, I always think of Tarantino oh, no. because that's what my dad made me that's, watch. That's true. Because you are did have literalizing. I just I just feel old when you say that because Tarantino is a thing that people of my age discovered, was... not a thing for anyone's. Di- my dad was like eighty three. My dad had not watched a movie that didn't come out in the like earlier than the eighties in the last three decades of his life. My dad was older than i am now uh when it came out but he still went like i'm similar because my dad also has this for like 90s indie movies but again older than i am now goes into a theater somewhere in london i think in um tottenham court road i remember uh but he just walks to an audience sees what's on the screen uh sees what just happens to be there it's clerks it blows his mind His I mean, British little mind at 33 or whatever it is when Clerks I mean, comes out. When, um, when fucking Pulp Fiction comes out, my dad is tw- uh, 22, I think. Uh, How young is your dad? I think he was, because it dad. was a year after I was born and he was about 21-ish when I was born, if I remember right. Okay, that explains a lot about your dad's movie taste and the movies he made you watch. My dad never made me watch 80s movies. He made me watch, like, 30s movies. My dad was like, here, watch some Marx Brothers. I am older now, for sure, than not only was my dad when I was born, but my dad when, like, Pulp Fiction came out. Fucked up. Don't like thinking about this stuff. And I I don't even have one kid. That's true. Okay, we need to, you need to say the line so we can go home. I tried to hand it off five minutes ago. Read for Ruin and the Red Dawn. 